The odour was intense. It was sulphurous, but at the same time there was something just beneath it. The sour tang of decay. The combination filled his nostrils and made his gorge rise. He tried to lift his head to look around. He couldn't. It was held by something. And for that matter, so were his arms and legs. His whole body felt as if it was stuck fast. His first thought was that he was paralysed. He didn't cry out, but took several quick breaths to try to quell his terror. He told himself he hadn't lost any sense of feeling, even in his extremities, so he probably wasn't paralysed. He was further encouraged that he was able to wriggle his fingers and toes, albeit only very slightly. It seemed as though he was lodged in something firm and unyielding. The tickling at his ankle came again, as if his phantom mother was still there and her tenuous image flickered back into his mind's eye again. Mum? he said uncertainly. The tickling stopped, and he heard a low and mournful sound. It didn't sound quite human. Who's that? Who's there? he challenged the darkness. What came was quite unmistakably a meow. Bartleby? he yelled. Is that you, Bartleby? As he uttered the cat's name, the events at the paw flooded back to him in a vivid rush. He gasped as he remembered how he, Will, Cal, and Elliot, with a huge hole behind them called the paw, had been trapped by limiters. Oh, God, he whimpered. They'd been facing almost certain death at the hands of the stick soldiers. It was like a scene in a bad dream, one that refused to dim even after waking and it all felt so fresh to him as if it happened only minutes ago. More memories came back. Oh, God, he murmured, recalling the moment when Rebecca, the sticks girl who had been implanted in Will's family, revealed that all along she'd had an identical twin. He remembered these twins mocking Will so mercilessly, taking such cruel pleasure in disclosing their plans to wipe out swaths of topsoilers using the deadly virus Dominion telling Will to give himself up. And then Cal, Will's baby brother, stepping out into the open, wailing that he wanted to go home. The hail of bullets that had cut the boy down. Cal was dead. Chester shuddered, but forced himself to recall what had happened next. The image of his friend Will came back to him. He and Chester were reaching out their hands to each other, and Elliot was shouting, and they were all linked together by a rope. Chester knew at that instant that there was still hope. But why? Why was there hope? He couldn't remember. They had been caught in a desperate situation with no way out. Chester's mind was so muddled it took him several seconds to order his thoughts. Yes, that was it. Elliot was going to try to take them down the inside of the paw. There was still time. They were going to escape. But it had all gone so very wrong. Chester squeezed his eyes shut as if his retinas still burned with the fiery flashes and the searing whiteness of the explosions when they'd been bombarded by the Sticks Division's mighty guns. He relived the feeling of the ground quaking beneath him. And then another memory resurfaced the hazy image of Will being flung into the air right over his head and over the edge of the paw.
Chester recalled his blind panic as he and Elliot had tried to stop themselves from being dragged over by the combined weight of the brothers' bodies. But it had been in vain. They were all bound together, and the next thing he knew they were hurtling all four of them into the dark vacuum of the poor. The sensation of the rushing, unceasing wind which snatched away his breath. Flashes of red light, incredibly intense heat. But now... But now... Now he was supposed to be dead. So what was this? Where... where was he? Again came a meow and Chester felt warm breath on his face. Bartleby, that is you, isn't it? he asked falteringly. The animal's huge domed head, barely visible in the darkness, was inches away from him.